Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Today, we're so excited to have Stephen Lund with us. He's the CEO of Toronto Global. Um, And Stephen, thanks for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in economic development? Well, first of all, guys, uh, it's a pleasure to join you. Thanks. And uh, kudos for doing this podcast. It's great. Well, I mean, I can give you the long version, but I really, I grew up on the East Coast, um, Cinebex, Queens, Toronto, uh, did the banking scene, moved to Bermuda for five years um, with my wife from Toronto, um, ended up in Halifax in the venture capital business. And then the last 20 years or so, I guess, I've been in the... uh, economic development field as a CEO and deputy minister um, moved to Toronto a year and a half ago in the middle of a pandemic. And so I was in the office yesterday and it was really different to see people in person and meet people that I haven't met before other than on zoom. So it's, uh, it's been a really crazy experience, but I'm here. Um, you know, I love what I do and I've been loving it for the last 20 years or so. And, uh, Yes, yeah, so here I am today. That's awesome. Okay, Bermuda, I have to ask. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about Bermuda because that's pretty cool. Yeah, I want to hear about that too. Well, um, long story short, I got married in Toronto, um, 1990, and I uh, saw an ad in the Globe Mail one day for a, a job running a like a quest company division, and called up and said, "I'm going to fly down, and I want you to see me for five minutes." And went from there to there to there, and I ended up. Uh, working down there, my wife as well, teaching for five years and doing triathlons and loving it. Um, and uh, so it was a great experience. Uh, but I should say one of my favorite jobs probably of all time was for three summers when I was going to school, I lived in Banff and I was a Brewster tour bus driver through the Rockies. Yes. <laughs> so I've been to Edmonton many times, yeah. So how important would you say it is for Canadians to see the country and realize that while we're, we are different, we're a big country geographically, but we're also, we're also pretty similar. Would you, would you say? No question about it. Um, you know, you can always take that a bit further up and say Canadians should travel the world and get see what's going on in the world. You get a far better appreciation of what we have back here. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to go to all the provinces. Uh, they're all unique. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, they're Canadians, they're great people. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we compete, but it's almost like a, you know, a friendly competition in some respects, you know, like I, uh, like I'd love to see deals being done in Edmonton or Halifax or Vancouver, mm-hmm. wherever it is, because that really helps build the whole infrastructure and ecosystem in the country. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a big country. Uh, at some point I'm going to start from, 
one end to the other and drive across it. But yeah, um, yeah but I, I, the, our similarities are greater than our differences, put it that way. Tell us about Toronto Global's origin story. Um, so we're pretty interested because Edmonton Global and Toronto Global, um, they're kind of similar names, um, both regional economic development agencies. So we're really curious to hear Toronto Global's story. Yeah, sure. Um, so back in 2017, before my time, uh, they essentially merged a couple of organizations. Uh, one was Invest in Toronto and one was the Greater Toronto Marketing Alliance. And they created this new organization, Toronto Global, to attract new investment from around the world into the region. And we represent 24 municipalities. I think Toronto, I think Edmonton has about 14, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah, 14. Yeah. So, uh, so we work to attract businesses uh, around the world. Um, in spite of the pandemic, we're actually having our best year yet. Um, That's yeah, awesome. So it's been fun, and we're we're really just after two years of this pandemic, uh, really getting out now and hitting the road and starting to travel and see people for real again. Yeah, you talked about joining Toronto Global during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about how maybe you guys shifted your strategy when it comes to foreign direct investment attraction? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Um, living in a downtown uh, condo in Toronto, five minutes from work, but yet not even going to work. Yeah. Um, and one of my sons has since moved here, which is great. And he's around the corner. But it's it's like everybody else. Um you know, working on Zooms, it was, it's a challenge. And, um, you know, work from home is not for everybody. Um, some people like it, some people don't. I'm fine, but I, I'm also like an office person. I enjoy just the social and cultural part of it. Um, but we, we have, we kind of focus on a number of areas, technology being a big one, uh, life sciences, manufacturing, and then whatever opportunities come up. Um, you know, that's where we focused. I think if you look at Toronto over the last year, some of the deals that we've done, um, you know, they're pretty high concentration in the tech sector. If you look at, you know, Twitter, Netflix, DoorDash, Reddit, Pinterest, some of those uh, names that people would recognize, we worked with those companies over the past year. Um, but again, things, things change. We're, We've got a few deals that we just did from Korea, for example. We've done uh, several deals from India. We're actually off to India in in uh, May. Uh, so it's really it's with a technology focus, I guess I'd say, but but still open to opportunities if we find them. Um, so you were also the deputy minister of economic development for a time. What are some of the highlights or or lessons learned um, throughout your career, both? in government and with Toronto Global? Wow, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I really love what I've done and I've always been a crown, I've always been in a crown corporation, which is just a little bit removed from government. Um, uh, highlights, I mean, I working with great people, I think I've been really fortunate um, to have good teams everywhere I've been. Uh, you know, and I can tell you a highlight yeah, from each area, if you like, and and we can go from there. So, I guess in terms of Nova Scotia, um, back in 2007, I guess it was, we um, uh, we decided that we wanted to try and go after and some finance companies and hedge fund companies, and 
uh, our strategy was really um, no strategy. We just said, you know what, let's get on a plane. And so we got on a plane and went to New York and went to Bermuda and talked to some companies. And we really had nothing in Halifax or Nova Scotia at the time. And so we had an executive from uh, one of the, from the biggest hedge fund company in the world come to Halifax one day. And, and after two days, he said, like, why would I come here? Like, this is a dead city. It's not a crane in the sky. There hasn't been a building in 20 years. Why would I do that? Um, so uh, today they have 600 people in Halifax. Um, and so we really built wow. the financial services industry from scratch. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were named the top place in Canada from a hedge fund and center. Uh, you know, we did a lot of cool things around that sector. We rang a bell at the New York Stock Exchange. We held a, a slip, pink slip party in 2009, downtown New York, where we invited everybody. We said, anybody, if you lost a job during this recession, you remember the recession of 2008-9 when mm-hmm. things fell apart? We had 500 people show up um, to this recession because we knew these executives are going to find a job somewhere once the economy comes back. And so we were building relationships. Uh, and it was great. Um, my last year, we were named the top jurisdiction in North America for talking business. And then I moved. Uh, I helped. I set up. Helped set up opportunities in New Brunswick, in New Brunswick, and ran that for five years. And really enjoyed that. We five years in a row. We were the top employer. We were the top, one of the top forty best cultures in Canada for four years in a row. When we we had the best results in Canada uh, our last couple of years. Um, so a lot of fun, and we built a whole cybersecurity sector there. Uh, and in Toronto, I came here, and I, I, anyway, I came into a great team with a lot of excitement, and you know we've had a we've had a good year in spite of not traveling. So, uh, you know, I think, I guess I've been lucky. I've done a lot of traveling. I met some great people. We've done some. I've been able. My teams have been able to attract some of the top companies in the world, and each place I've been in, and it's you know it's been a lot of fun. I guess. Lessons learned, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons and sometimes you, you learn from things that don't work out and sometimes, you know, you learn from things that do work. And But the key is to, to try new things. I, I can give you sort of, I was thinking about lessons learned and I'll just rattle off a few of them. One, mm-hmm. um, I guess the first lesson is it's all about talent. And I think talent comes in two parts. One, you've got to hire the best people you can find. Like, like hire people that are, smarter and better than you and let them do their job. That's so, so critical. Culture is such a key thing I find in any company. If you get the right culture and the right team, you'll do well. If you don't, you're going to have problems. Yeah. And the second part of talent is, is companies are looking for talent. Um, when I was in New York years ago, I remember going to this lunch with this executive and he, we were in this busy restaurant. He said, Lon, you know, in this, in this New York accent that I can't do you need to answer three questions before I sit down. Skill, scale, cost. <laughs> I said, oh, what do you mean by that? What he meant was skill. I need to get good people. Scale, I need a lot of them. And cost, I need a reasonable cost of business. And so that really stuck with me um, the whole time I've been in this business. And even today, it's even more so. Talent is, you guys know, it's really, it's all about talent. Yeah, that's totally what we're hearing, like more and more. That's the biggest struggle that companies are having is finding good talent and and at the scale that they need. It's not like it's not just in Toronto or Edmonton. It's really like it's everywhere. Yeah, really. It's crazy what's going on these days. 
Another one is experience matters in terms of, um, you know, we were lucky that, that um, if we got a company come to Halifax or you know, budget to kick the tires, we pretty well got their business because we, we had them for two days. We made sure that they had the best experience that they've ever had in their life with meeting with, uh, with companies. And so that it does matter how you handle a client and, and, and what kind of experience you give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third, I would say is in terms of this business, you got to have a key con. You have to have a key contact, a key person. It's not easy. This is a really dysfunctional convoluted space, this economic development field. And so I say that knowing that it's not easy to do. Uh, the fourth, I would say economic development agencies have a habit of planning to death. Um, you know, plan, we need these plans. You need sector strategies. You need blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't need them. I'm not saying they're not important, but sometimes just doing it. Um, you know, we started to, uh, a few years ago, I was invited by the uh, Israeli ambassador to go to Israel. And so I said, sure, I'm coming next week. So um, hopped on a plane, went to Israel, was blown away by what they're doing. I was in Israel in the Beersheba Desert meeting with someone from IBM and he put a slide up and he said, here's our operation around the world in cyber and we all report to Frederick and Brunswick. I said, holy smokes. So <laughs> that's great. We, back and we started to attract cyber companies. We get the world center for Siemens for Canadian nuclear labs, Bell Canada and IBM. And so, um, and just like we did it hopping on a plane going after financial services companies. Like sometimes you just got to take a chance and do it. Get out in front of people, get out in front of companies, you know, don't spend a year putting a plan together and then figuring out what to do. And again, I'm not saying you don't need a plan you do, but action is more important than, you know, words. And so, and so is culture. Um, just really two other quick things. One, ignore the noise. There's a lot of noise out there I and mean, everyone knows everything there is possible to know about economic development. So <laughs> keep your head down and do your job um, and use your partners. Um, the lawyers, the accountants, the real estate folks, these are all your key partners and you're looking to attract business. So at the end of the day, um, uh, you, you learn a lot of lessons doing this. And again, some of it's by trial and error. And but if I, if I go back to my, First point, put the best team together, build a culture, things take care of, the, of themselves, right? Those are great lessons, Stephen. Um, I'm curious. It's not, like, it sounds like it's a bit of a combination of art and science when it comes to economic development. Do you think there's a certain type of person maybe that's drawn to this field that you've, that you've noticed? That's a really good question. And, it's just, and I can look at that in two parts. Um, one is um, the type of person that's drawn to this field or the second is who's the best suited for this field. It may not be the same people. Right. Right. I, I mean, if I look back at, at the people that I've worked with and I've worked with some great people, um, I think it's people that have a passion for, for this people that like they want to build, you know, whether it's Toronto or Edmonton, um, they have a real interest in building the city and, and giving back people that are, good with, you know, with, with, uh, with other people. Um, I mean, knowledge, I I believe you can teach someone the business. We can't teach them to have the passion for that, 
and the hunger and, and the desire to do things and get out there. Um, and people that can work on it, work well on a team and someone that, that is going to have an interest in your clients. Right. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're out meeting with clients, you've got to enjoy meeting with people and you've got to be able to enjoy telling your story. And so, so that's the type of person that, that does the best people that are attracted to the sector. Again, I hope are people that not doing it just because they want a job or want a salary, but what want to do something to make a difference. Yeah, I got to say, like, our listeners can't see you, but we can actually see you up on the screen. And when you were talking about bringing the financial district to Halifax, like, you could see that you lit up about that, that you built that from scratch. I think, like, that's that's a really cool thing to be able to, to talk about and kind of, you know, say, well, I, I made example. that happen. Give you one example. Um, so, for 2012-ish, we uh, were competing on um, building the first global delivery center for IBM. There was like, there's one other in North America and we competed against a bunch of places. And, you know, we, we really worked hard on that. We got to business and we announced that they're going to have 500 people there. People thought we're crazy. And, you know, why are you doing this? And blah, blah, blah. You'll never get that. Those people. I had, I had uh, breakfast the other day with the new IBM president who was the guy that did the deal on the other side of the table back then, they're going to have 1200 people soon in Halifax and their salaries have pretty well doubled. And the question I asked him, which is so important to me was what percentage of your workforce are immigrants or brand new grads? And they're around 50%. That's awesome. So, so to me, giving jobs to young grads and new immigrants, I bet is just so, so important. I believe in that. And, you know, and your staff, my staff, you know, really like seeing those kind of things and seeing them blossom. Absolutely. Right? And, and again, yeah. So Stephen, you mentioned, so there's 24 municipalities that make up the Toronto region. So tell us a little bit about that and how you all work together to attract investment. So we have 24, you guys have 14. I think Montreal has about 82. And so I think, the key, I mean, the key is when you're out uh, selling the word selling your region to the world. Like in our case, you're better off saying, you know, the whole region of Toronto versus each municipality. Um, and then, you know, when there's a potential deal working with the local partners, I think, I mean, that's, that is the, the great part of it. I think one of the challenges that everybody faces is if we have 24 municipalities, there's no guarantee we're going to have, a deal that goes into every one of those municipalities. And yeah. so what, what you have to recognize and, and accept is, is, you know, if we bring a company to set up downtown Toronto, half of those workers are probably living in, you know, Mississauga, Brampton, Durham, and one of those places, right? Yeah. So there is spinoff throughout the region. And I think, and the region benefits greatly. Um, you know, I've been on many calls with uh, Meritori, who is a fantastic advocate and salesperson for the city. And he talks about the whole region. And if we do a deal outside of downtown, then it's great for the whole region. Right? And so I think that's really an important thing. And we try, we try our best. I mean, we've, you know, about 40% of the jobs in the last year are really outside of 
downtown Toronto, which, which, you know, we think we're pretty proud of. Um, and again, but it's, it's, it's selling the region, right? Like, you know, we sell, first of all, we try and sell Canada when we're outside Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then provincial, the province maybe, and then it comes down to the, the region right. and the city. Do you find that companies are being drawn to more of those smaller communities just for even cost of doing business? Well, I mean, look what's happening these days. I think the I think I just read this morning the biggest increase in housing prices is in New Brunswick, and then you look at you look at you know Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, and, and the housing prices are going crazy. The cost of living five point seven percent inflation came out this morning, the biggest in thirty years. So I think I think the the smaller communities have a significant opportunity, uh, I think, in the next 10 years. Um, uh, if they, again, if they capitalize it, there, there are going to be winners and losers as we come out of this pandemic in terms of jurisdictions. The ones that are going to win are the ones that are going to be out there and being aggressive uh, and, and pitch themselves as a great place to live and work. You know, over the last 20 years, if I can say, you know, we, Companies looked at skill, scale, and cost. That was it. Now, we're talking to companies that are saying, you know, what about my employees? What What's transit like? Like, where are they going to live? What's the cost of housing? What about daycare? Those kind of things. So, yeah. Those think, things all translate into being able to attract talent because they want to know no that their yeah. staff will have a good quality of life. It's super important now. No question, yeah. So, I think, you know, places like Halifax and Edmonton, in Calgary have a, such a significant opportunity. And even though, you know, even the, you know, the work from home stuff, like there are companies still that in California that will say, I just need to find 20 people. I don't care where they live. Right. And so that, that is a, another significant opportunity. Right. And again, I, immigration is, I, I think is really critical to the country. And if, if we're setting up our cities to, to be friendly and welcoming to immigrant communities, then that's going to be such a huge advantage. Absolutely. Stephen, we've learned so much from you. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for doing this. <laughs> no, thank I, you. <laughs> Canada. I mean, we're, look, we're going through some really crazy times. Everybody knows what's happening overseas today, in Ukraine and elsewhere. Um, it's, it's going to be a rocky road for a while, but, you know, I think Canada does have an opportunity to really lead the world in so many areas. Uh, we, you know, we're we're a great place. We're a safe place. It's, you know, all the quality of life indexes, we do well. We need to do a better job collectively in Canada of telling the world how great we are. We mm-hmm. need some more swagger. We need to get out there. And and if if we do that, places like Toronto, Edmonton, you know, other places will benefit. And so I, I'm excited about what's coming up. Um, again, the world is a crazy place, but there will be opportunities. And, and I do believe that Canada is uniquely positioned. And, and again, the cities in Canada. So I, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but I am optimistic that, that, you know, that we'll see some good things happening in this country. I love that word swagger. <laughs> Me too. No, yeah. I love it. I love your optimism. Like, um, you know, people talk about the U.S., 
they've got the swagger. We've, you know, we've, there's no reason why we should be taking the backseat to anybody. Right? Absolutely. So true. Uh, Stephen, how can people get a hold of you? Lund at uh, torontoglobal.ca. Thank you so much for the time today. This was great. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Really appreciate you guys. Best of luck. So that was really good. I really enjoyed that conversation. I, yeah, I, I, I genuinely enjoyed that and I learned a lot from him. Um, and I really like his team approach, like Team Nova Scotia. And when he talks to you about that, uh, experience matters for the client. That You can't just do that on your own as an economic development agency. When you're bringing um, a potential investor for a couple of days, you're meeting with so many people throughout the community and it really is a team effort Um it's so true. Like you're just going to have a more compelling and stronger um, value proposition, I guess, if you're coming to the table as a team. And I, understanding that you know it it benefits the whole region is really important. What I really liked uh, when he talked about Halifax, because I think Halifax and Edmonton region are probably a little bit similar um, in that they're different from Toronto, right? Toronto yeah. has that international recognition. We know that Edmonton and Halifax are not well known internationally. So overcoming that and how do you, I'm curious to hear more of, from Stephen about the differences that he sees between representing a, a region like Halifax and Toronto. Yeah. And I like what you said, um, repeating him about the swagger, right? It really is. It's just being a champion and you can, over. I, we know you can overcome it, but I agree with you. We'll have to have him back to ask him yeah. um, for more. Yeah, that's swagger. I'm hearing that more and more, even in the region, that people are tired of just talking about opportunities and potential. It's like these exciting things are happening here now already. We just need to get that those stories out into the world. We're very polite as Canadians. Let's not be so polite. Let's be a little bit more aggressive, as he says. And, and like you said, champion what we do have going on here now. Yeah, the stakes are high, right? Like you can really improve people's quality of life if we if we take risks and yep. really Yeah, and we don't want to be we don't want to be left behind, as you said. Absolutely. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about Economic Development Matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna signing off.